It's Story Guys. I'm Murdoch. I'm Brian. It's a fake game show podcast. The stories are real. The points are fake. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And thank you if you have... uh, if you've heard me on another show this week, I got the uh, very fun opportunity to be on What Should I Read Next on the Wondery Network with uh, the amazing um, Ann Bogle, who you might know as Modern Mrs. Darcy. And let me just tell you, she's got some fans, man. <laughs> there are a lot of people that like that show, and it's been hilarious for people to just like, I'm just getting random texts from people I haven't heard from in right. forever. Like, there was someone that I had a business meeting with like a year ago who was yeah. like, Hey, dude, I just heard, like, like, hit me up on Twitter. It was like, I just heard you on this podcast. So uh, if you are listening to us uh, circuitously because of that, uh, thank you so much for coming to the show, and thank you for checking that. It's a blast. It's like, If you've not heard it, it's called What Should I Read Next? I was on episode 201, and uh, the premise of the show is that Anne knows a ton about books, and so you tell her your favorite books, and then she tells you other stuff to read. She yeah. recommends books. I mean, that's the premise, but it's hugely popular and it's really, really fun. And she's a blast. And honestly, it was some of the most fun I've had outside of hanging out with you, Murdoch, in a yeah. long time. Yeah, and if and if you're just uh, downloading the show and listening to the show because uh, because you heard Brian on the other podcast, thanks for joining in. This will be fun. Yes, and this is only about books now, too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is about stories. <laughs> that's right. It is about stories, and uh, we're going to get to that and how it works in just a minute. Let's do that. We've got the mailbag. Let's- yes, but first, let's get to your story. You can hit us up at wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. We've got one here uh, from, uh, let me see here. Let me pull up the mailbag. Where'd it go? Okay, here we go. Um, From Ryan. Ryan is listening in Durham, North Carolina. And he says, howdy from Durham. Keep it up. Great show. I've been binging the last few episodes of my daily commute. And you said someone would correct you about a band name. So I'm going to be the jerk that does it. Which are, Okay, so an episode or two ago, I made a passing reference to a band name, and I knew I was butchering it. And I was like, someone's going to write the show and tell us I've got it wrong. And there was a moment where you're like, it's it's someone from Durham, North Carolina. And I thought for a moment, and it did take me a minute, and I was like, I wonder if it's Ryan. So you you know Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a, uh, he's got a radio show called Global Garage, and uh, it's it's like a it's – a, uh, Nonprofit radio station that that's in uh, in there, like in around Raleigh, Durham, or whatever. And he's been doing it for a while. But it's all like underground garage music, but it's from all around the world. So they feature different music from all around the world, like just garage rock, like you know, kind of throwback, a lot of throwback stuff, but like really, you know, kind of edgy. Uh, interesting things too. So. so I read his email, and the first thing I thought is clearly we would hang out with this guy. Like, yeah. like so. And yeah. he also did I, us the service of sending a story, not just sending a complaint about me butchering a band name. He says, uh, I, "I knew some. You said you knew someone to correct you about this, so I'm going to do it." The band you mentioned, I think I said, I think it's something about Antarctica, and it's Sonata. Yeah. Arctica, right? Which okay. I, which I had to go back and listen to the podcast to see where that happened, and then I immediately went and listened to lots of that music. Okay, so he says, "I know this is I know this <laughs> only because this band was a memorable part of my high school experience." And now he shares yeah. a story, which is pretty excellent. So he says, "Back in high school, one of my best buds was the first in our group to get his driver's license. He started his driving career with a trusty old white Lincoln Town Car, which I don't know if we talked about my first car. Have we talked about my first car? Buick Park we, Avenue, yeah, yeah, nineteen eighty three Buick Park Avenue." Yeah. Oldsmobile Calais, dude. So it was one of those old boats from the 70s, and one of my best buds was getting into metal at the time. So he made a sudden leap from the Beatles and jazz, uh, and he went straight into Iron Maiden, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. And he said, 
during this transition, uh, he he eventually discovered the finished power metal of Sonata Artica. Yeah. And he says, I give buddy number two credit for giving me uh, hopefully not insufferable love of prog rock to this day. So he says, buddy number one would drive, buddy number two would play tunes, and I would spread out in the massive back seat in that Lincoln Town car and, you know, play air drums. Uh, I can't count the number of times we would crank all the windows down and blast Sonata Artica. And he goes, let me explain. If For those of you who have not heard Sonata Artica... <laughs> He says, essentially, this is like Josh Groban with power chords, which is right. an amazing way to explain it. So hold, hold on. I'm going to play some Sonata Artica, not enough to get us in trouble with copyright infringement, but just, just to give you an idea here. I mean, the power chords are awesome. I'm just, we, there's no denying that. Listen, Brian's the coolest. And I already knew this, but... This beats me listening to White Snake in the back of like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> so he so he says, uh, he says we would blast this out of the of the beasts of a vehicle. And he goes, I don't mean to insult or praise Groban or Sonata Artica. I like this. This is clearly a guy who has a radio show who feels like he can't play favorites. He goes, this is just the facts. Uh, clearly, we were the coolest kids in our school. Clearly, he says. This is the cool part, though. Flash forward 15 years. Buddy number one still has the town car. Buddy number two's band is opening for Sonata Artica in in Durham, North Carolina in October. (laughs) That is an excellent, excellent story. And that's what this show is all about, man. If you have a story, uh, the email address is wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Hit us up there. You can do anything. uh, You can kind of see everything that we work on and do at uh, wearethestoryguys.com. Dot com, the website, including last week we talked about grandmas. I put up an old essay I wrote about my other grandma, so so I get equal grandma coverage. Yeah. Um, well, but she's, uh, she's and, a cute lady, and we've got a picture of your grandma. Yeah, with Gongi. Yeah. We've got Gongi on the site. So if you listen to that episode and you're very curious about what Gongi looks like, that photo is now available. And she's she's. I mean, can I be respectful to your grandmother oh, in calling her a looker? Like she was beautiful. She's she's really pretty. And, and what do you think the year on that photo was? You told me, and I forget. Oh, uh, I mean, I think I think she might have been in her 30s there or something. Which would have been what year? Uh, the 50s somewhere. 50s. Yeah, yeah. So, and my my mom has the same features too. And when I was, uh, I remember being in college, and this friend of mine uh, is a super nice guy, and he he was an artist and a photographer, and he one day just came to my apartment and brought me a picture of Natalie Wood. And I was like, what's this for? And he goes, it, it needs to go with a picture of your mom that's on the wall. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this guy came to my house. And I was like, oh, well, I know. Yeah, she does look like Natalie Wood, right? And yeah, yeah. So he like shot, it was like a photograph of a television with her on it, but it was done <laughs> black and white. It was so, it was like really already cool. Well, and it's funny too, you're, you're totally t- uh, putting a timestamp on when this would have happened because now that's just something that would have gotten texted to you in 13 seconds and it wouldn't have seemed that it, Special. It, it was on a really nice print. But the fact that this guy like, like glossy w- thick print. He went to his uh, Rite Aid and he paid the photo guy, the one hour photo guy, to put it on his on the five by seven and with the glossy print. That's pretty amazing. And and you know what? It's super fantastic. I mean, uh, it was great. But anyway, so thanks for Gongi was a nice lady. <laughs> so so we talked about so if you didn't hear last episode we talk about her grandmas and it's pretty funny it's uh, so so this episode we're gonna go straight into the stories yeah um and 
We have so, stories of the week, right? You want to tell your story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story? Let's, let's do stories of the week. This is where we talk about the stories that um, aren't yeah. stories of our own, but are stories that have affected us this week. And I'll go quickly. I finally got to see Peanut Butter Falcon. Do you know about this movie? I don't know what that is. Um, okay, so we do a lot of if things it, together. If it literally is about those two things together, <laughs> I'm leaving here and breaking into a movie theater and watching it right now. No, it's about one thing that you like more than either of those things, which is it's about backyard wrestling oh my gosh i'll so so there's not a lot of things that i i want to do i mean there's a lot of things i was about to say there's not a lot of things i want to do with you there are tons of things we do together there's not a lot of we don't go to see movies together though a whole lot i would love to rewatch this movie with you and with that handful of people that we know that are really into wrestling in the movie in cameo appearances mick foley uh, I think Jake oh. the Snake. There's several people that yeah. appear in it. But there is, uh, the, basically, real quickly, the premise is, um, I, I, I don't even want to tell you the, I mean, I have to tell you the premise, but it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. It's Shia LaBeouf, who has not done something amazing in a long time. He could win an award for this. Do I stream this? Is no, that, it's in theaters it's now. In, so we it's, have in, to, okay. it's in theaters now. It's been in limited release. Um, it's gotta, a short, tight 90 minutes about a... Uh, young man with down syndrome who escapes from a retirement home, which he's being forced to live in and meets up with a drifter played by Shia LaBeouf. And they go on a road trip together to try to meet the wrestler that the gentleman with down syndrome has been obsessed with. Oh, oh my gosh. And it's, um, that, it's, it's that, amazing. Is it a famous director? Is it sort of a new person? Um, you know, I've got the stars. I mean, it's Thomas Hayden Church is involved in it. Um, Dakota Johnson is is in it and is actually really good. Okay. Um, it's not like a super – like there's actually – I mean, Shia LaBeouf. Like, let's give it up for that guy. I, I'm a fan. I'm glad I, I'm glad that he's maybe going to do a movie that people will like because I think people think that, you know – I mean, he, people kind of think when, he's an idiot. Well, no, or when people think someone's odd or they're, they're so easily dismissive of like, oh, he's crazy. It's like, well, that, that's not fair just to – yell someone's crazy at somebody when they might just be like they're just a genius yeah they're fun uh tyler nilsen and mike schwartz did the did the movie tyler nilsen was involved with identity thief an old jason bateman movie uh looks like he was actually involved with walk hard which is a great movie (laughs) the dewey cox story um i've watched that movie after i watched it like stopped like finished it and just started watching it again that's how much i love that. he was also involved in a movie called taking my parents to burning man which uh, sounds amazing (laughs) Though I do know a kid I, who recently, I think you and I have an acquaintance who remain nameless who took their kid to Burning Man. That's right. Yeah. So maybe it's by him. I don't know. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I won't. T- I don't want to tell you a whole lot about that movie. I just want to tell you it's. I'm it's just so sold. Fantastic. It sounds, it sounds so good. It's fantastic, and you need to see it. And I was watching it, going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I saw this without Murdoch." So can we see it next week? Uh, yeah. Let's figure out a time to go see it. Just make a date. Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's we're, do it. Um, I need to tell. Your story uh, oh, of the week. Oh, yeah, my story. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it, it's happened over since we've had a couple of episodes, but, you know, and there's just that thing. It's this weird mystical thing that actually isn't mystical. It's completely not true, where there, there's like two famous people that dies, and it's like, oh, who's the next person going to be? Oh, right, 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 right. So, um, so really nerdy musical people would know who Daniel Johnston was. He was a, yeah. he, he was a songwriter, and, you know, he was – and, and I, what were you going to say? I have a Daniel Johnston story. <laughs> Have I ever? No, I, I, I legitimately have a great. And I thought yeah. about it when he died. I was like, "Can I tell this story on the podcast?" Yeah. I mean, it's very quick. But okay. basically, on a rainy night, probably six or seven years ago, 
my kids were in bed and my wife was, I don't know what she was doing. And I was like, I'm just going to go down to book and music exchange. I have no idea why I was there. And I'm inside book and music exchange. It's storming outside. There are the people that work there. There's me and in walks Daniel Johnston with, with his, whoever's his manager or whoever's handling him at the time. And they are walking through the comic books and the records and pulling stuff out and discussing it. And it was insane. And I was the only other person in that store. So that's my Daniel Johnson story. Oh, man. I, would you, have you seen the documentary about him? I've, oh, no, because I chose instead to watch the Wesley Willis documentary, which was not as good. It's not as good, but <laughs> I, I, I'm with, I'm, I feel him too, yeah. So, so anyway, Daniel Johnston was a, was a gentleman. He, he had, if you didn't know anything about him, he's a songwriter, and he had, he had mental illness. And so he had you know, bipolar, schizophrenia, all, all sorts of stuff. And it made it where you know, he, couldn't, you know, he couldn't do normal things. It wasn't like he had a, a borderline personality disorder, but, um, you know, it, it just, he had, and then he had started having physical problems eventually with, with everything. But he, he wrote these amazing songs where when you listen to them, it felt like you were getting to hear what a lonely person's heartbreaking sounds like. His songs were incredibly sad and he sang in a voice that was totally not the most accessible like the opposite of what you would hear on a radio station or anything but it was so powerful and so he passed away and then after him eddie money passes away right and and you would think that you know it's a joke it's it's the money man take me home tonight and then i read all these tributes about eddie money about how you know what he would go and do four shows in the middle of iowa over like a four-day span and hit them and then show up and go to all the radio stations, and he knew everyone's name. And when he'd get on stage, he'd say the radio stations, DJ's names, and shout out to everybody. And when it was over, he would go and sit under a tent for hours and sign autographs and sell T-shirts. And and his his wife his wife said, you know what, that man knew what his talents were, knew where his limitations were, but he knew that he had to work hard and he never stopped working. He like, he never stopped working and people really loved Eddie money. Clearly like to party a little bit. I, I'll stand by shaken as one of my favorite <laughs> so good, radio but, rock songs. Right. Uh, are you going to tell your Eddie money story or is that disrespectful? No, that, no I'm not telling that one. No. So, so then the, <laughs> Mark's so, had an encounter with Eddie money, which was not as endearing as my encounter with Daniel it's, Johnson. It's I can't a, believe you're passing on it. I'm, I'm passing on it. So, uh, Maybe I'll tell it some other time. So at that point, it's like, well, who's the next person to go? Yeah. And so I, someone there's an article on theweek.com, and they listed all the people that are over 70, which I'll start at the front. Springsteen, Jackson Brown, uh, James Taylor, Neil Young, Eric Clapton, Debbie Harry, David Gilmore, Rod Stewart, Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, Joni Mitchell, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Brian Wilson, Art Garfunkel, Carol King, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, and Paul McCartney are all over 70. And you know what? On this list was not Rick Ocasek. Oh. No one expected. No, it's like it was a shock, and like his wife went out to get him coffee. He was asleep. He had had a surgery, and she came in. It was like the kids, they'd come back in to bring him coffee and wake him up, and he had died in his sleep. And what people don't know about him was that the cars were amazing and, and were trailblazers, but he was a producer. And he produced the like the most perfect Weezer record, the first Weezer record. And then he produced Guided by Voices, like big major label thing. He did Bad Religion, Jonathan Richmond, No Doubt, um, Not a Serve. I totally forgot 
until recently that Rick Ocasek was involved in that No Doubt record. I oh, totally yeah. Hey, baby, that. hey, baby. And it's like, it was weird and a departure and yeah. completely different, yeah. not really ska. And it was like a pop record, you know? Uh, but yeah, Romeo Void, remember that? It might be better if we slept together, you know? Never say never, you know? That And it's uh, like from 1981. He did Simply Red. Uh, yeah, he was unbelievable. And apparently he was a lovely person to, to And, you know, the thing about the cars is that they never did that, like, victory lap thing that, like, is embarrassing that everyone does now. Well, it's because Benjamin Orr died. He right. Died. He was the guy that sang dr- Drive and sang Just What I Needed, and he died, and that kind of that kind of canned a lot of things. But they did go back out and do they, – they put out a record in 2011 – that's, yeah, I guess they did a little bit, but not like to the extent that a lot of people from that era do to the point that no, it's embarrassing, no, right? They, no, they did. They played the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that was the last gig. Right, and yeah. I saw that, I think, their induction, and uh, Brandon Flowers like is gushing over himself the entire time. like He can't deal with, he can't deal with it because he's next to Rico Kasich. But yeah, so, I mean, amazing band, and also, it is weird how that stuff happens in threes. Like, I know it doesn't really happen in threes, it's just a matter of how people selectively choose to yeah. address it when it happens, but, like, it is it is strange. Yeah, and I was looking at that list, and I was like, like, the youngest guy on this list is Bruce Springsteen, and the oldest guy is Bob Dylan. Like, what if it took, like, the older guy or the younger guy, or McCartney? You know, and Rick Ocasek was hugely uh, important. So obviously, yeah. we Brian and I like lots of music. So doing that, we need to pick out what our uh, what our themes. Oh, be. and yeah. So usually, our story starter, the thing that we use to jump into our own stories, comes from the world of music. We usually just throw song titles in a bucket. It's like a fun, easy way to kick things off. And so I've just been grabbing either certain artists or certain topics. Today, I have got uh, Kiss. Kiss is my topic. Um, so and I know you love Kiss, so that's part of the reason I chose Kiss. And I'm I'm sure that at some point during this show, stories about your relationship with Kiss will come up. But here here's what I'm throwing into the hat today. Okay, you know I'm I'm super embarrassed. Why? Like, you know, there's like a, I don't know. It was about a year ago or something, and I was with some really good friends of mine that I really love a whole lot, and uh, and they were and I, all of a sudden I was like, oh man, they think this is so lame that I like. Like, it's like neither one of them ever listened, ever, you know, like, ever always thought it was stupid. And it, you know. I mean, they were kind of like disco. They were kind of like the monkeys, but for your generation and turned up to 11. But they played their own instruments. Yeah, they did play their own instruments. It was just like misogynistic out of the. I mean, yeah, it was like R rated almost. Uh, Okay, so here's, here's what we're throwing in the hat we're throwing in Strutter. I don't even know what, how that starts a story. It's an F, by the way. Um, I love it loud, which seems ter- like a good. It's a terrific song. Um, Hard luck, woman. Again, the family friendly show. We'll be careful. Seventy-seven. Peter Chris sings that one. Do um, <laughs> we keep doing? Keep going. Keep going. Rock and roll all night. Yeah, that's just that. I was made for loving you. Yeah, that's and Dynasty. And we will throw in. Uh, Love Gun, which if we get Love Gun, we have to be careful. It is the title track of the album called Love Gun. <laughs> in case you're wondering. Which I'm sure is about loving guns, right? It's probably Republican. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let's see. All right. And we're pulling out the... Hard Luck Woman. Hard Luck Woman. Hard Luck Woman. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, man. We got Love Gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want to go first? I'm trying to think about okay. guns and loving guns and man, what? okay, go ahead. So, um, I got the second 
live Kiss record when I was a kid, and I had the same experience that all all these other like little boys had, where it's like they're from they're alien. Like, are they real people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had yeah, that yeah. initial thing yeah. as your kid, and the suspension of disbelief has hit you because that's what they they did, and it was perfect how they were able to market it, and they had Kiss comic books with their own blood and the, their figurines or whatever, and. uh you know, it's just that it was just a thing. And eventually you figure out like it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, throwaway garbage music, you know, versus <laughs> like Miles Davis or something. Right. No, it's exactly like Miles Davis. <laughs> so, um, and that song was on uh, Kiss Alive too. It was on there. So, so it, it's on, it's, on, right, side, right, on. it's on side four, I think. So that song is always stuck with me too. It's got like a really cool drum intro and everything. But, um, so I, I you know, I, I've you know, you move on from Kiss at some sure, point, sure. musically, uh, but you know you have it in there in your head sometimes. And then when they put the makeup back on in '96, like yeah, man, I, I certainly did go to one of those shows. And I went to one. I was at a party at my friend's house, and all these people showed up dressed up like Kiss, and we didn't know who any of them were because <laughs> they had on makeup, Kabuki makeup. And then when it was time, we all just left, locked the house, and all of us walked like two miles to the, you know, the arena to go watch Kiss, you know, and it was exactly, you know, what it was you expected. They give you the same thing. And now they're almost 70, uh, and they're doing the same thing. But anyway, I was, this is it, like my life just circling around. It's totally weird. I was, you and I worked together in this building across the street from the radio station I work at now. Right. Uh, so Brian and I used to work at a radio station, four radio stations actually together. And then I work at WFBK at, at a, it's an NPR station. I just do Saturday mornings there, but I didn't work there yet. So Brian and I used to work together. And then, uh, I went out in the street one day and there was a, um, there were people from the radio station out in the street. And I don't even know if it might've been the new station, not the, the music station. I don't remember. I just remember there were people out. There was a lot of people in the street and they were doing, there was something fun happening and there was someone with a little recorder and, uh, and they were asking people and I heard they started asking, do you have a guilty pleasure song and can you sing it? Um, and I just happened to be really close to being next. And so it, there's a microphone and it's coming up next to me and I don't know who it was even now. And they were like, can you, can you, you have a guilty pleasure song? Would you like to sing it? And I said, sure. Uh, and I just, out of nowhere, I went, I really love you, baby. I love what you got. Let's get together. We can get hot. No more tomorrow, baby. And uh, and then when I was finished, I was like, I looked around and I was like, man, I freaked everybody out. I mean, I got to the whole part was like, you know, like sang the, you know, you pull the trigger on my love. You know, I sang the whole thing. But I looked around and I was like, man, this is super awkward. Like no one was prepared for this to happen. Uh, and I, until you brought that, I didn't pick that song. I forgot all about that because I tried to block it out because I was so embarrassed. I just thought, ooh, I, I love that song and it's kind of embarrassing. I'll sing it. Yeah. Speaking of working together at that radio station, you know what You know what? this just made me think of? Remember? I can't stop laughing. 
Okay, go ahead. Remember that guy Tom we met when we worked there? Tom Schultz. Sorry. No. <laughs> Sorry. My buddy. No. So we did this. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but we invented this promotion together where we got cover bands to to yes. battle. Remember? Yeah. So and we- one of the the cover bands we got was this band and they they I think they won that year and they were called like Audiotronic or something. Do you remember this band? I haven't blocked it out, but I can't remember. And <laughs> and their bass player was this guy named Tom. And we didn't know anything about Tom except that he looked like a guy that stepped straight out of the eighties. You remember him oh, and his big hair? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had a guy they had a metal guy. He was in like his and he had a look. Basically to jump to the punchline of this story, we found out that before he had joined this band and come back and taken it, yeah. he was a professor at a university. And he like psychology or something, like something very, like he was very cerebral. But on the weekends, he went out and played in these bands. And before he was in this band, he was in a national touring Kiss cover band. Yeah, that's right. And do you remember who he was? Um, I, well, Was I'm, he Ace? I can't remember. I, I'm Which think- character? No, there's no way he was Gene. He wasn't he was, Gene. No, because he was too thin. So I mean, I think he played bass. Well, no, Gene is Gene's like a big fat pig. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. must play guitar. Yeah, he's a big fat pig and he plays bass. I'll stand by that. By the way. <laughs> um, so the skinny guy is Ace. He's the he's the one that's that had lots of you know drug problems. He was the skinny guy. So he's space Ace. You know, he had the alien. Oh like yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe he was Ace. Because he wasn't Peter Chris, for sure. He was the cat, right? Yeah, it was the cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so my story has nothing to do, <laughs> to do with Kiss. I'm trying to think, and I was like, oh, um, guns. Like, because I'm like not going to go on the love gun path. I went literal. And I was like, what What would be, What? I mean, I don't have any stories about guns. And then I remembered I have a very recent story about a gun. Uh, so we just, uh, posted a Twitter, uh, we just posted a Twitter. I just said that we just posted a tweet, Come on, granddad. um, of, of us recording right now. And someone commented on it and said, <laughs> and I bring this up only because I'm going to go total dad on this story. Uh, diet Pepsi, Hogwarts t-shirt. Y'all are living the dad lifestyle. <laughs> We've been caught. That is accurate. Um, I'm drinking the Diet Pepsi. And, and, and I, I say that to say that I also uh, coach kids. Um, I've seen it. Listen, guys. <laughs> I've seen Brian coach kids. It is it is marvelous. I remember someone told me before I saw it. They're like, oh, yeah, Brian, he coaches out. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I just walk around the track. If I, do, if I don't sit in a chair, all these kids are running. Yeah, you coach. And so the other night, on Sunday nights, we take more advanced. It's running. It's We coach running, cross-country running. And uh, we take kids out for longer runs, and sometimes we'll go run trails and do that kind of stuff. It's more – It's kids that are a little more advanced. We call them advanced runs. So we go out on one the other night, um, and we've got about 30 kids, and there's probably two coaches and four or five parents – and we take off and we start running and we, there's usually a spot in the trail system in this park where we turn right. Like yeah. normally with those kids, when we run trails, Oh, come up here. We do it. And we turn right. And the guy leading the run that night was like, Hey, I'm going to turn left. We're going to go this different way. So he turned left. We went off, we ran and we run for like 20 minutes and we come back. And at that intersection where we normally turn right, right. there is a mother of one of the kids on the team standing with her dogs and her other child. And she goes, Hey, have you seen, I'm just, I'm not going to use his real name. We'll call him 
we'll call him Ace. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you seen Have you seen Ace? Have you seen Ace Freely? <laughs> we all look at each other, and we go. Did you go Ace Freely lead guitar? <laughs> we go. Sorry, Ace is not here. Not here, right. and she's like, "Oh no!" She goes, "I told it. He said he knew exactly where you would be running, and he he took off, and I haven't seen him, and now you guys are back." And she's starting to get panicky, right? Like immediately get panicky, and I'm like, "Listen, if we're looking at this situation." It seems very, it seems very much to me that what happened is he got to this crossroads. He probably went the other way, thinking we'd be that way. I said, "Would you like me to go run and see if I can find him down this crossroads?" I don't know if anyone else is listening. Brian also is a coach, also a de-escalation manager at cro- advanced <laughs> cross running. Okay, shut go ahead. up. Go ahead. So I, I mean, I, some people be like, "I don't know, man. I don't know where he went." She says, "Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I would love that." Yeah. Okay. Right. So I start running. And I get, I don't know, a quarter of a mile down. And sure enough, here comes Ace out of the woods. Huge smile on his face. He's run the whole course. I said, Where, where'd you run, man? He goes, I ran down where we normally run. So he ran like a mile and a half by himself. Turned around, came back. Exactly what he should have done. Very smart move. Very cool. Yeah. So I catch him. I'm like, dude, your mom's up here. He's like, oh, man, yeah, no, sorry, man. I said, no, it's not your fault. It's totally cool. You made good decisions, basically, through this whole way. I mean, it's a little, a little scary that you ran these trails in the woods all by yourself but you're good i mean you know it's older elementary school almost middle school so we turn around we're coming back and we're running on this trail and there's a fence along one side of like when you get to a certain part where it gets kind of closer to the highway and stuff in a hill and there's a there's some fencing and we're looking over and i look over like i feel something out of my periphery and i look over and there are a, a doe and her and her fawn are, are running alongside us. And so it's just me and Ace. We're out by ourselves. Oh and we're in there. We were running next in there. Like we stop and they just stop with us and stare at us. And I'm like, we can't stay very long because if a mom has a baby right here, she's going to get overprotective, right? But we just stay. We got to look like it's where you and I are sitting, like we're across the table. feet away. We're that close to these deer. And it was like an amazing, That's it was like an amazing magical, moment. like with this, sunshine you know, just out with of this Milky kid. Way. And, yeah, it was amazing. And the sun is setting and the whole thing. I mean, it's very, very cool to get to like be with this kid and be like, hey, look, you know, deer. So we run back. We get him with his mom. We walk back to where the rest of the team is. We finish the run and everything. We get back there. And then I'm like, uh, hey, where is uh, where's uh, also named Mark? Where's where's Mark? He's one of the parents that was running with us. And they're like, oh, Mark was a little worried that you wouldn't find Ace if you went the normal way. So he went back the way you ran. And he ran the whole trail and then came back. So... <laughs> 10 minutes later here comes mark and mark has kids that run that we're waiting for him you know and so uh he gets back and he's all sweaty and we're joking and we're like oh, okay you know we figured this out this won't happen again etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. everybody's cool he loads his kids up in his car uh and they take off and i grab my kids and we're walking to my car and most of the group has all uh taken off and everybody's left and i all of a sudden as I'm walking to my car, I hear, and this minivan peels into the parking lot. And I'm like, what is going on? You're at a park. Yeah. yeah and I and I realize it's a parent. And I'm like, is he looking for kids? Did we lose other kids in the woods? I mean, you could be the, gone from the from a great coach and a de-escalation <laughs> expert to a terrible person. Right? So, so What's happening? I, I walk up and I go, hey, man, what's going on? And this guy's like fiery mad like I can tell he's like freaked out and mad and, and but I look and in his car he's got all his kids and I'm like hey man what, what's going on and he goes 
what, what is this that I hear about a gun at practice in the woods? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've just been trying to make sure we didn't lose that one kid. And yeah. then I'm like, I can't say that to a parent. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, um, what do you, what? what do you mean? What? And he's like, my son back here says that this other kid who happens to be Mark's son. So Mark, who went on the long run, yeah. the other direction, his son, not, not anybody that got lost in the woods, but his son, who we will call Leroy. No, uh, Gene Simmons. <laughs> he's a, so, no, I'm kidding. Um, Leroy. So Leroy. He's like, <laughs> Sorry. Names really are everything in stories. So he's like, he's like, listen, he said that Leroy found a, found a gun in the woods and it was a real gun and they were running around with it. And I was like, I don't think that's true. No. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, my kid wouldn't lie. There was a gun. You've got to find out. About, I'm like, okay. I was like, listen. Obviously, everyone else has left. You can see that I'm the only person here. I was like, I will call around. I will send you a text and an email later tonight. I yeah. will find out exactly what happened. Did you go ask the deer? Did they, <laughs> did they know? Because they, they'll see them more often than we will. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, keep going. It just so, seems so... I was just I, imagining this peaceful, wonderful thing you had. And so I'm like, yeah, there was uh, this little kid. He's uh, like, he's like I mean, three foot seven. He had a, you know, a little, little bitty Saturday night special. He shot the deer. Yeah. Um, so so now, I have, now I have to call Mark and be like, hey, after you've done this great thing to go hunt for this kid... And spent your time. And I mean, he was like so worn out when he got back. Now I have an issue with your child who apparently was. Likes, likes the movie Goodfellas. Right. <laughs> He's all big into Martin so, Scorsese. Tell me so, what's happening. So this is what I find out. So I, I have to send a text because I can't get anyone to pick up in that family. And I get. I mean, you call them. What are you, eighty? Like, so this, this is we, we've all. Everyone doesn't want to talk to each other. This is what's wrong with our phones, man. We don't want to talk. So we just want to text each other. I I send this note, and I say, listen. I, I'm, I wanted. I'm not stepping over this because it's so funny. I don't know what you said. I, I said I'm now hearing a story that says that Leroy found a gun, and some parents are a little uneasy. Can you please get the story and let me know so I can alert everyone that we are not running an insane asylum on Sunday nights when we go run? Um, and so this is what I get back. Apparently, Leroy took a toy cap gun that he got at a yard sale today to practice. Yeah. And if you know Leroy, this is very much in keeping with Leroy. Unbeknownst to us, of course. Yeah, which, yeah, right? I mean, so he slides this toy cap gun in. Now, according to Leroy, another kid started telling people that he found it in the woods. (laughs) And apparently the story must have spiraled from there. Leroy feels terrible, and obviously this won't happen. <laughs> so, so then I'm in the position to send texts and emails to people and say, Multiple "Parents, say by the way, we talked to Leroy, and he was just a cap gun. Who, who?" How, first of all, what how, cap gun looks real? First, no, that's not even where I was at. I was like, how do all these parents feel about all these things? There's the upset parents, the the, the parent with the kid with the cap gun. There's the kid with the cap gun. There's the kid. This this story has so many things. There's the supporting actor kid. Is like, yeah, he found it in the woods. Like, there's so many things. 
things happening? <laughs> so, and I tell the what? first part of the story. You to, had, and you had to be the referee, like the <laughs> telephone line person. I, I tell the first part of the story that seems somewhat unrelated for two reasons, and that is because think of in my headspace now. I think I'm out. Of, I think I'm literally out of the woods, right? Because I've gotten this kid who we've lost back to his mom. Everything is contained, and then car peels into the parking lot. It's like, yeah. who brought a gun to practice? Yeah. He's got it in his waistband, in the back <laughs> his dungarees or whatever. Normally, I don't ask to win, but I win, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't ask to win. Yeah, there's, Brian, you get 700 points. Oh, that was terrific. We are the story guys at gmail.com, and everything that we do, you can find all of it at wearethestoryguys.com. And you can listen to us on Spotify, on uh, iTunes, or on Stitcher. Review that. Re- I know every podcast you listen to says that, but it actually is very, very helpful. And um, hit us up on all the social media. Again, find that all at the website, wearethestoryguys.com. And there's one thing. Thing we admonish you to do every time we end an episode. What is that, Mark? Let's keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.